This podcast is presented to you by Pastor Steve Vickers in Christian Life Church in Montgomery, Alabama. For more information, visit ChristianLifeChurch.com. All right, we'll get right into it, you know. Um, we're talking about today, what we're talking about today is life's not fair, so what you going to do about it? It's just the way that it is. Everybody experienced something like that? Where, I mean, somebody else makes a decision and just turns your boat over. All right? Or maybe you find out you're sick and, and you didn't do anything to get it. Or you, you somebody has, uh, somebody's in a position or put you, somebody else's choices put you in a position of compromise. You know, everybody's been there. Anybody ever been there? Most everybody's been there. If you hadn't been there, it's because you're in the nurse in the preschool right now and you ain't still getting your diapers changed. But wave at me. Y'all gonna participate today. Now, how many, have you ever been like that before? You feel like you've out of control, been out of control. You feel like somebody else's choice is going to determine your choices, and you feel like you're lost, and you don't have a choice. You can't say. You seem like it doesn't matter. Everybody's been there, but here's the deal. That's just life. It's reality. And uh, before we get too far, I want to give you a couple of thoughts that you understand. Number one is in 1 Corinthians 10, 13. Just stick that one up there if you would ways to think about some stuff as we get into it. Now, do I come out clear? Because it echoes in here, but we good out there? As long as we're good out there, I'm fine. In 1 Corinthians 10, 13, it says this. The temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. And God is faithful. He will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you can stand. When you're tempted, and look, tempted, it could be tempted to quit. Alright? Tempted to give up. He will show you a way out so that you can endure. Just let me tell you, whatever situation you find yourself in, regardless of how you got there, God offers a way of escape. There is always a way out. You've got to believe that there's always a way out. Now, and the other scripture is this, Romans uh, 8.28. Alright? And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Now, God can bring good out of situations, out of anything. I mean, look at your son-in-laws, how sorry they were when they were dating your daughter. And they turned out wonderful and perfect. I am an example of this perfection that has been raised from a bad thing. Can I get an Amen. All right, there you go. That's what I'm talking about. Isn't it right, back. <laughs> I'm just kidding. And, uh, actually, I'm not kidding. I'm kidding about the rest of y'all. But see, God can bring good out of a situation. But here's what I want you to understand. God does not use evil for his good purposes. God does not cause these things to happen to you that you consider evil. He's not causing something evil to happen to you, though he can bring good out of these situations. He is too big for that. He doesn't need to use the devil to help make him look good because he is good, okay? So don't let anybody tell you that the devil, excuse me, that God is causing, is being evil to you so he can do some good in you, all right? He doesn't, he doesn't have to work that way. He's bigger than that. He doesn't need all that. And also this, so there is a way of escape. There's a way out of anything. Uh, God can bring good out of any situation. Work with him in this and bring good out. All right? And God did not create evil. All right? He didn't. His creation created evil. 
God created everything and he said it was good. It was the free will of his creation that decided to be disobedient that opened up the doors of evil on this earth. So God, they go, God created everything, so he created evil. No, he didn't create evil. His creation opened that door. All right? So that being said, remember those things as we move forward. Because you'll hear people say every now and then something tragic or terrible is going on. They say, well, God's just giving me a test. He doesn't need those kind of tests for you. All right? All right. In this, we saw in Castaway, we see him yelling for uh, anybody, anybody. Remember at the top of the mountain right there? Who saw Castaway? You've got to watch that movie now. Um, this guy, he works for Federal Express. All right, he, uh, there's a plane crash. He's on the plane. There's a plane crash. He's the only survivor. He gets washed up on a beach, and he's all by himself. All right, on this island, he's all alone. And on the, in the movie, you see him screaming and yelling for somebody. Anybody, anybody just looking for somebody. Now, this is what I want you to see. This is the clip I've, chose, I've chosen. I just want you to see the devil his effort to defeat you and to steal your faith, he will always make you fight the battle of aloneness and regret. Whenever he comes to attack, he comes to separate you, he makes you fight the battle of aloneness and regret. You say, well, I'm not going to fight that battle. You, you will. Because you will feel when the enemy is trying to uh, feel like you lose choices and you lose your ability to control your own life and you feel like everything is beyond your control that is a lie first of all but the enemy will get you to the place where you feel alone you separate yourself you're alone with your thoughts and all you can see is the trouble that is ahead he makes you fight that battle and you have to win that battle because you are not alone and you know what and the thing about regret is this we can regret certain decisions but I know this, my mistakes don't have to determine my future. Because God is one of restoration and redemption. So yeah, you acted like a moron. Well, welcome to the human race. All right? You did a stupid thing and you knew you were doing it when you did it. Okay. Now you want a way of escape. That doesn't mean there's not consequence. But I'll tell you what, God can line a path out. He can line a path out, show you a way out. Your failures don't have to be your future. On that island, there was this little, this is my best I could do with Wilson, okay? Remember Wilson? Wilson from Castaway? It's pretty good. I took a picture of Pastor Steve right here, and I, and I just did the best I could and, and made it uglier, and I think I pulled it off, all right? Is handsome? <laughs> that, that must have done it wrong. <laughs> but this is my little Wilson here. And, uh, you know, on the island, might seem crazy, but all he had Tom Hanks said to talk to was this ball. And, you know, the thing is this, this ball is, is not alive at all. But we're, or when we're alone, we're still not alone. Even Jonah, when he was in the belly of the fish, said, he's not alone. In the depths of the grave, you're still with me. We have the Holy Spirit, and we are never alone. We're never alone in the situation that we are in. We are never alone. And the thing is this, there's nothing new under the sun. It doesn't take God by surprise. And wherever you feel lost and all by yourself, the Holy Spirit, He's still with you. He never leaves us. 
You know, and I still want to deal with this issue a little bit because people get this attitude that God's out to get you. He's out to get you into heaven. He's not trying to keep you out. Just remember this. When you were an enemy of God, he still was willing to sacrifice his son to save you. So don't think now, because you have knowledge of him, that if you do something dumb or make a mistake, that he's trying to get you out. Because when you didn't like him and you were considered his enemy, he made a way for you to get in. So don't ever think that he's going to use this as a reason to get, like he done run out of room. Like the angels ain't renovating hotel rooms fast enough for you to have a place. So he needs to have cutbacks and stuff like that so you can't get in. All right? Or he done met his quota of people so you ain't going to make it. All right? Don't, don't think like that because, you know, <clears throat> mistakes are part of being human. Perfection is reserved for divinity. All right? And uh, mistakes, uh, they're reserved for humanity. All right? So here we are. Now, he's all alone, and you might feel separated and alone, but you're not. Never think, too, that your failures have to be your future. They're, even if they were willful, even if they were, you know, big blunders, there can be recovery. You know, and God can set a course for that. Because, you know, no matter how far I get away, until I take my last breath, I still have a purpose in Him and a destiny in Him. And uh, Stephen's going to get into that next week. But I still have a purpose. I was made for a reason. I need to remember that. God is always for me. He's not against me. He is my friend. He is not my enemy. You know, He is, he is my creator. He made me on purpose. With a purpose and for a purpose. Now, in this, we said... God's going to make a way of escape. God, uh, he can bring good out of anything. And you're going to fight the battle of being alone and regret. And just for a second here, uh, I know how much time I have. I'm trying not to talk too fast. Uh, I'm going to hit this story kind of quick. But I want you to learn from an experience I went through and, and hear me. Okay? Because I, I try to, whenever I teach you anything or talk about anything, I try to take you through part of my life someone read in a book, okay? Um, my wife and I, when, uh, back in 2012, you know, we really felt a desire and a, a burden for Africa to do, or actually for mission work. And so we went to Africa for one month. And in that month, I sweated more than 30 days than I did. No, I'm just kidding. But uh, uh, it was hot. But I mean, but it was beautiful. It's no hotter than Montgomery where we were, actually. Um, it was beautiful. We, we loved the people. to sell everything. We told everyone we're going to move. We're going to make the move to Africa. We're going to start moving, start raising money, raising support. And in no time at all, we had raised about a little more, 85 to 88% of our monthly budget we had raised. We had money in the bank. We had money coming in. We resigned our position here. We put our house for sale, sold our cars, sold, uh, we sold a convertible at a yard sale, all right? And I jokingly said to a woman, SC430 convertible Lexus is nice, man. And uh, sitting there, and, uh, and she says, what's for sale? I said, well, if it's not attached to the house, which is attached to the ground, then it is for sale. And this cute little lady said, that car's not attached. I said, because that car is for sale. And, uh, and she said, well, can I take a look at it? Well, I rolled the top back. 
turn the radio on, something that an older person might like, you know what I'm saying? Put the radio on, turn it, pull the top down, roll the windows down, turn the air conditioner on, open the door for her. She sat in, I like it. <laughs> I'll take it. And she lived right down the street from us. So we sold all of that. I'm 15 minutes from making the phone call. Actually, I got on the phone. I called and reserved. Now, fast forward just a little bit. We had a yard sale. We sold most of our stuff. What we didn't sell, we put in storage. We have, uh, we feel confident we got enough money. We feel confident that everything's pretty much taken care of. We can, we can start making the move. I call, reserve my place to live. <clears throat> Don't put a deposit yet because I've got a little time. Reserve my place to live. Uh, arrange for my pickup from the airport in Entebbe to uh, Uganda, a, a service to pick me up and take me to my place where I'm going to be staying. Um, and then I get on the phone with my travel agent to book my tickets. Got them priced, got them ready. All I got to do is tell them to book them. Here's my card number. And for half a second, I said, well, hold on. Before we do this, let me call you back in about half an hour. 15 minutes to half an hour. And I want to, um, I just need to let my friend know I'm coming first before I do this. At first, I was just going to surprise him and show up. I call him up, call Mike Croslow. He's like, uh, you about to do what? Well, as, as countries, it can say, you about to do what? You know, and uh, he goes, you about to do what? And I said, uh, well, I've got everything set. He goes, no, no, no. He goes, Brian, he was praying. He said, I really feel like you need to wait.
sure if it's catchers or not, if it's going to be malignant or benign, but we're going to go ahead and radiate all of it. So she did a test, radiation, and then they radiated uh, her thyroid. And they killed both of them, thyroid and the tumor. And so, and then we realized that there's a process that takes about a year for that tumor to finish dying. you got to wait. So what's going on? You quit your job. for Africa. I didn't sign up for, was it, AFI, awaiting further instructions, the AFI military. I didn't sign up for that. I signed up for Africa. I don't sign up for AFI. I'm not awaiting further instructions. I got my instructions. What the heck are we waiting on? Somebody needs to get their junk together. Let's move, you know? Like, what is happening here? Everything began to seem outside of my control. So, we make a move out of state. In this, now, y'all, this is the pity part. I'm just telling, taking on a little journey because things are good. I'm just taking on a journey, okay? So now we make a move out west. My wife's going to um, have a job there. It's working with stuff that's going to help us in missions and um, with a media company. And we're like, okay, we'll do that. Uh, the hours aren't so strict, so she can go to her uh, specialist that's out there. We found some specialists, uh, um, a holistic doctor and a medical doctor that are both specialists in this field of thyroid. She's going to get great treatment. we got great insurance. You know, we're, we're going to do this. Ride this year out and do it. We, we move out there, fly our kids out there. Most of our stuff's still packed. We just brought clothes. And they say, oh, we changed our mind. We're not going to do that right now. All right, bro, we just moved because. No big deal. I just like moving my stuff across the country for you to change your mind. That's great. All right? I won't cuss you because I'm a Christian, but I'm thinking about it. All right? Then, then, I get up, I, I start volunteering the place, and they're going to hire me next month. Next month takes six months. I'm telling you this, and I'm going to tell you what I learned in all this, too. It is what it is sometimes. And you follow God into the desert, and you better hold his hand all the way out. You better walk with him. If he's going to lead you into the wilderness to get you through it, you better you better stay close to him the whole way. Don't get chicken halfway in. All right? He's saying, he's right there with you. He's right there with you. Now, so we go in six months later. You know, we're going to hire you next month. Okay? I call on my partners because I feel like as a person, responsible person, I can't have a full-time job and have y'all donate money to me to live in Africa. If I ain't moving to Africa right now, I can't take your money and have a salary. I figured you go to jail for something like that, all right? And uh, so we stopped that. The next month takes six months before it actually happens. Things are still feeling out of my control. But we have savings. We used all of it at up. process. This is a process because I'm thinking the whole time. I'd say like this. I'd say, God, <clears throat> I know you're bigger than me, so we ain't going to take it like that. Uh, we're not going to make any threats. Anybody know? Nobody's threatening anybody around here. Just understand what I'm saying. But I'm just saying, I thought I was following you when I got here. 
I thought I heard from you. I was following you, and I got here. So, you know, um, I'm just saying, something's got to give. Something's got to give. You said you can make good come out of anything. I want to see this right here happen. I want to see what you can do right here. Now, and it got a little worse from then on. All of a sudden, there was an attitude change in me. And I realized if I keep focusing on how I got here, I'm not going to see the way out of here. And if I keep concentrating, if I keep looking and cussing the darkness, uh, and I did find out some things about myself. There was one or two of them little words still stuck up in there. They wanted to come out. All right? they, wanted, they wanted to come out. They wanted to come out, and I released them at times. All right? Oh, yeah, I ain't going to. Look, put on your collar. I confess. All right? I confess to you. I ain't care. I ain't above it. Anyway, I just got to be careful I don't do it right now. Thinking about it. All right? That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. All right? All I'm saying. <laughs> all right? All right. So there I was. All right? So there we are in this. And I realized if I keep looking at how I got here, then my opportunity might pass right by me. So I changed my mind. I thought, you know what? That's enough of that. I'm going to start looking for my way out. Because I taught the teenagers for years that we did youth, 11, 12, 13 years. There is no temptation that is not common to man. There's nothing new under the sun. When you're tempted, God's going to make a way of escape for you. So you can stand up under the pressure. And sure enough, take but one bridge out. It didn't take but one bridge out. You ain't got to finish the sentence. He hung up the phone. I was knocking at his front door. So enough. Look, I'll take my crow fried, dyed, and feathers laid to the side. I'll take my crow just like I eat that crow. Mm, that crow tastes good. It, it's humbling, but I'm going to tell you what. It was the bridge that was offered, and it's the bridge I took. Because God said he'll make a way of escape. And you know what? I'm telling you, it doesn't have to be that way. It could have been a number of ways. But I just took the first road out. And I found out some things about myself. Now check what happened all in this. My wife got some of the best care she could have gotten from two specialists that just happened to be living in the same city. Uh, a holistic doctor and a medical doctor. She got extremely good treatment. She was meeting with them, each one of them, once a month for a whole year. All right? Uh, one of them, he went to our church, and man, he just, he, he, uh, he committed extra time to Stacy, and him and his wife wanted to make sure she got better. He gave her orders like this. I don't want you doing laundry. I'm like, now you're the devil. I don't want you cooking dinner. I don't want you leaving the house. I don't want you going to pick up kids from school. I need you to charge them batteries, and I need you to sit and rest and recover. I don't want you lifting a finger. And he looked at me and goes, do you understand me? Am I wrong? That's about how he did. He goes, he stood up. Do you understand me? And I'm like, I understand. You got horns coming out your head. I mean, as soon as you said, don't cook no food and don't do no laundry. I understand you just increased my job description. I understand what you did. You gave me some homework. I understand. <laughs> no. But he said that um, right now, he just explained how it works with the energy and the batteries and 
how it works and what you got to do. And for this time, we want to, we want no activity because of all the thyroid, all the stuff. And so I'm like, okay. So she got A plus treatment. And my son, my son, middle child, all right, who had eczema since he was a toddler. The worst case of eczema, where his skin would crack and bleed everywhere, all right, uh, had to get steroid shots every year. It was, he was suffering, y'all know, where if he took a bath, y'all, he took a bath and got out, if he sat down and watched TV with us, he'd have to walk like this to get back to the shower or the tub just so he could wet his skin so he could straighten his legs out. Yeah, it's bad. His eczema, while we were in Colorado Springs, dis a doggone peer. It disappeared. And so I'm thinking, I'm thinking, okay, okay, you go through some things, but look, God's bringing good out of this. He's bringing good out of this. And so a kid who suffered his whole life from a condition, uh, from an autoimmune condition, who were, I mean, I, he wore sh- uh, shorts to school. I have no idea. He wears shorts to school. He's got some self-esteem, man. You know, he wears shorts to school, but he'd be bleeding and cracked. He played soccer, and the coaches felt so bad for him. They're like, you need to do something about it. I said, do something about it. This is the way it is. His legs would be bleeding. He had grass all stuck to him, bleeding on both sides. And they would take Vaseline and wrap up his legs. And they had a, uh, one of the lady coaches or whatever wrapped his legs up in Vaseline. He had these big bandages up to here. And by the time he got done playing, they were soaked in blood. And he had to wet them and peel them off. That's, and that's just his life. He said, I just decided that I'm going to live my life. And I'm just going to deal with this. And, uh, and he goes to Colorado. And his eczema disappears. And I'm thinking, okay, we bring him back to Alabama for six weeks for Christmas, for about six weeks. And after a couple of weeks, his eczema comes back on. And he realizes, you know what? I'm healed there, so guess where I'm going? That uh, I'm leaving now, so change my flight and send me home. Your home. Mm-mm, that's my home. <laughs> so we had to separate ourselves from our son. He's 17 years old, almost 18. <clears throat> so I see my son healed. Wife get extremely good care, and we go through some things, but still look at the good that God brought out. So I can't sit there and get angry at the Lord. I just kind of go, Okay, this is what's happening, this is where we are. What am I going to do about it? I learned that rehearsal is for the theater, so I'm gonna quit looking for my way in, how I got in, and just concentrate on how I'm going to get out of this. He says he makes a way of escape. I'm going to make sure that I find that way and that I take it. In whatever situation you're in, and I've spoken to some of y'all, and you're going through some things right now, whatever situation you're in, you trust that he offers a way out and that he makes good come out of all situations. And you begin to look. You begin to look and allow the Holy Spirit who is with you while you're trying to figure all this stuff out, the Holy Spirit who is with you He'll give you ideas, give you plans, give you thoughts, give you intuitions about things, give you books, all right, and uh, and give you people in your life that will help you change what you're doing. Because I tell you what, you can't control every circumstance that happens to you, but you can take control of what those circumstances do to you. You can't stop everything from coming, but buddy, someday you get to watch it leave, all right? You need to make sure 
that you start looking, because I'm going to tell you what, pity is a party you get to have all by yourself. All right, pity is a party you can have all by yourself, and, and it don't do any good. My grandmother said one time, she goes, boy, and I'll use it in language you can say in church, all right? She said, boy, if fussing could have fixed it, you'd have done fixed it by now. I said, if fussing could have fixed it, you'd have fixed it by now. So that won't help. Don't look for fault. Find answers. Don't worry. After a while, you got to quit rehearsing how you got somewhere and start looking for the way out. I remember my mother-in-law saying one time as she battled uh, a sickness. I don't call it her sickness, but she battled a sickness. She said, God, you make a way of escape for me. I remember her saying that, and it stuck with me. I found scripture, you know, you find scripture for these things. All right, let me, let me, let me move along. Am I talking slow enough? I'm trying to fight back some stuff, all right? All right, not bad stuff. Here's what I learned, and you can just... Let me give this to you. You can take it or you can leave it. I learned this. And I talked to my father-in-law about this. From now on, I will not have only one source of income again in my life. I will not have just one source of income. And you know that's Bible? You look at Ecclesiastes in chapter 11 around verse 5. No, excuse me. Verse, uh, verse 3 in there. And it says, uh, cast your bread on the water. You know it said, cast your seed in the water. It'll return to you in not many days. And it goes on to say, find you seven, yeah, even eight vessels or, or methods or avenues or streams, whichever word you want to use. Find multiple ways, and it says for you don't know what things are going to happen in the future. So you have several different ways of money coming into you. And let me tell you something I'm learning right now. You get a bunch of a littles, they make a lot. You get a bunch of littles, and they make a lot. But looking for the big thing, just find you a couple little things that'll work. I found... So what I've done is, when my father-in-law uh, made a way for me to come back here, but the church can pay part-time, and I need to find something else that wouldn't take away from here. So I, all of a sudden, a guy gave me a phone call one day. He goes, man, you know what? You do good selling insurance. I said, what? He goes, yeah, all you got to do is this. So I've been studying for a few months. I said, why not? It won't take me away from what I love doing, working in the church. It'll pay because you get a couple of part-times, make a full-time. Make a full-time and a half. All of a sudden, you give yourself a raise. Uh, and, uh, and look, and I said, all right. So I jumped on it. I started studying. I started doing it. Then I found something else. And I got my first job that I'll pick up the first check next week. I found I can make four or $500 a day clearing if I go to this work that nobody else wants to do. You say, what is it? I ain't inviting competition. I ain't going to tell you what it is. I thought, shoot, I can make four or five hundred dollars, clear four or five hundred dollars a day and sweat a little bit, and I don't have anybody that can change their mind on something and change my world. Shoot, I'll do it. I'll do it. All right? Now, and so uh, I got my first little job done. I thought, you know what? A little here, a little there, a little here, a little there makes a hole. Now, it ain't a hole yet. And I know my father in law is ready, brother. It's time for you to go. All right, and I'm, he said, uh, <laughs> what does they say? I hate to see you go, but I love to watch you leave. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and, um, no, but, you know, uh, so I said, I'll, I'll no longer have just one source. I got to have more than one, because when you have just one, if somebody changes their mind, it's going to mess you up. It's going to mess you up. In this economy, you better find something else to do. 
And if you need insurance, my number is 300-0038. Cause some of y'all look like y'all need something. All right, all right, <laughs> I'm um, Anyways, that's a cheap shameless plug, but it's not really. Three. That number again is 300-0038. All right. And now look, here's my next thing. I will not give control to anyone. I will not give the control to anyone where a change of their mind will change my life. Never again. Or create a major shockwave. See, I can trust him. You know, and I, but I know this. Other people I've worked with or whatever, I learned, hey, I'll never put myself in a position where a change of your mind is going to change my life. Not like that. If you do that, it's your own fault. And so I could point a finger, but I need to just turn around and point that finger right back at myself. All right? Now, other thing is this. Um, I'd rather live more even if it means I make a little less. And just let me tell you, since we've committed to these things, um, I've talked to my father-in-law when opportunities come along. There's been a few offers that have come along, and some of them have been extremely uh, tempting. And, you know, the opportunity, it's not a total commitment on their part, but, hey, this is what you, how it could be if you come work here. But it takes me away from here. It also puts them in a position where if they change their mind, I'm sunk. I'm not doing that. And so you back out of these things. Because here's what I'm going to tell you how a promise works. Now, y'all, I don't know if you can find this in the Bible anywhere, but I'm going to tell you, here's how a promise works. You listening? This is where you get your pen out, all right? Or you buy the tape. I'm telling you, this is how a promise, and your promises too. We've made promises. People promise us. Here's how a promise works. The promises of a person, and I mean any person, no matter who they are. It could be you making the promise or somebody making the promise to you. The promises of a person, no matter who they are and what their intention, any person's promise, no matter how important that promise might be to you, that promise is based, listen to me, on present and foreseen conditions and circumstance. It's written in the small print, but it is the way that it is, and you better understand it because it is the way that it is. So when you give a promise, you, I know this about you, or if I give a promise, I know it about me, or you receive one, that promise is made based on present and foreseeable conditions. And if the present and or foreseeable conditions go outside of certain parameters, now hear me, the ability of that person to execute that promise will change. Not necessarily their desire to deliver, but their ability to do so. You, that's a mouthful, but it's the truth. It is the truth. And so you're not finding blame in this, but you understand that's how it works. Because if I make a promise to you, and then I get to the point where I got to let my kids starve so I can feed yours. Guess what? We're going to make a choice. And my wife's going to make that choice and tell me what choice I'm making. All right? <laughs> I'm just saying. But see what I'm saying? You, under conditions of this economy, you better know that people can make promises based on now. But once it changes to a certain point, they're not going to have a choice. It might not be that they want to, but they're going to have to. So you better know that. So what does that mean? Better do what the Bible says in Genesis and take dominion over your own life. Take control over it 
and don't relinquish the control because you don't feel like carrying the responsibility. If you push the responsibility on somebody else and you lose your control, it becomes your own fault and learn. Because I'll tell you what, it, it, the, the, the end of this is going to be awesome though. Now listen to this. All right. Anyways, God's promises, now they don't fail. I said a person. I didn't say our God. So when uh, get that other clip ready. I said a person. So a person's promises are going to be based on certain parameters and conditions. And if they exceed those parameters, the promise is going to be off. But God's promises do not fail. He says I make a way out. He says that I can bring good things coming out of anything. No matter what, I can bring good out of all things. I'll give you a way out. You need to take dominion and control over your own life. You find out what the Word says. Young people in here, old people too. You find out what the Word says and you hinge, you hinge your choices and your agreements that you make with people. But tie them back to the promises that will not fail. He said, I will give you a way out. He said, your gifts will make a way for you. Guess what? I got a gift to go out and sweat that I can do some stuff nobody wants to do, and it will put money in my pocket. All right? I got another gift. Somebody says, you'd be great doing insurance. Okay, I'll sell it. I hadn't made a whole lot, but I'm making a little, and there's more to be made, and we'll get there. Little here, little there, little here, little there makes a whole. And you know what? The freedom that comes with it. So now, once we, as we get going, if I change my mind about something, it's not going to wreck me. And somebody can cancel this appointment, but that's okay. I got money to be coming in two or three different other places to cover this loss here. I'm telling you, you can take control. So when you feel stuck, you're not stuck. You feel alone, you're not alone. Let's show that, that second, that last clip. Um, there's the clip where he's, he's finally made it back. He's talking to his friend, and he says that I couldn't, I didn't have control over anything. All I could control was when I was going to die, where and how. So he made a rope, and he had to test it. When he tested the rope, the dummy broke the rope that he had made to test the rope to hang himself. So he said, I couldn't even kill myself. You know what? He said, I couldn't even kill myself. And he said that, uh, you know, he's in this that uh, he couldn't, he, he lost, he was losing hope. Then one day, the tide brought a sail in. And that sail is what he used to escape that island and get back to where he was. As he said prior to that, he said that I realized I had to keep breathing. I couldn't kill myself, so I need to keep breathing. And he said, and the tide brought me a way out. And so now I'm here, and I have ice in my glass. You don't think about ice, but I have ice in my glass. And there's a part in there, too, where he says, that, you know, they buried him and everything. And he realized when he got back that his wife had found somebody else. She'd have moved on. And he said, I've lost her all over again. And I'm sad that I lost her, but I'm sure I am glad that I had her on that island. Now, none of that 
was his fault. But does he stop living? Does he make some modifications and move forward? Because I'm going to tell you, there's times in our lives where part of us seems to die. Things happen, and it does. It kills part of us. But there's so many things to still live for. I remember I watched my mother, and you know, she took her last breath in front of me. And when it was over, you want to feel sad because you go, man, I'm 35 years old. Just watched my mother die. And there's some people that never meet their mother. I understand that. But for me, this was my life. And then I started to think about everything that I had, not just the thing that I'd lost. Because even when you suffer loss, there's still a whole lot to live for. A whole lot of people that still need you. This is why we don't want to let ourselves get defeated and quit. Because when you quit, because you feel like you're out of control of your circumstances or everybody's making decisions for you, so you just give up on your life. When you give up, you fail yourself and everybody else that needs to see you make it. Because there's people learning from us. In this, my kids have to watch and see how mom and dad will do and what they will do. And I'm telling you what, you want to make sure that they see that victory. And they know that it is God that gets credit for that victory. Because if your faith, if they see your faith appear to fail you, then they think God will fail them. And he doesn't fail. In this, I hope I didn't sound like a victim to you because I am doggone not. All right? I'll tell you what. God knew what I wanted. And I went through some things that I didn't want to. I think now I'm going to get to my want to. You know what I'm saying? It's not a, it's kind of like, oh, it's not the situation where you go through and you go, whew, I don't want to go through that again. I mean, I'm glad I went through it and I'm glad it's over and I wouldn't change a thing, but I ain't going back. You know what I'm saying? I want to go back. You know, there's more. My life affects more than just me. So, Jesus is the equalizer in all of this. I told you, the Holy Ghost, he don't leave you. I mean, it's four against one, y'all. It's me, Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, all right, against whatever. It's four against one. <laughs> all right, okay, it's two against one, but you know what I'm saying, all right? But I don't have to be alone because I am not. I am not. I, I've got my wife. Now, I met a friend since I've been back, and, and uh, he lost his job, and his wife left. So I've been married. I'm, I'm glad my stuck around. Now, I saw her checking airline tickets and everything like that. But, no, she don't know I saw, but I saw. Now, we were married 24 years uh, last week. And, um, my baby, she comes walking out. She's a good-looking thing. She comes walking out, but when she wears some high heel shoes, she's taller than me. And so I walk next to her and say, hey, baby, you want to go to junior high prom? <laughs> but, because uh, I'm shorter. Anyways, all right. So, Jesus is the equalizer in all of this. 
I can do all things through Christ who is in me. Now listen, I can do all things through Christ who gives me the ability to do all those things that he wants me to do. Say it like that. All right. So in the clip too, he said, I just need to keep breathing. I need to keep my faith alive. And he says, he doesn't know what the tide is going to bring in. Well, what will God's word bring in to you? Nobody ever said life is fair. If they did, they lied. But God is. And he is just. He will give me a way of escape. He will help me make a plan for this situation. And he will bring good out of whatever failures, faults, difficulties, circumstances, whatever you can throw at him, he can bring good out of it. Get your mouth right. Get your mind right. Don't look for fault. Find answers. Change your perspective. Don't be a victim. Determine you're going to be the victor. All right? Don't give up. Keep breathing. I'm telling you, life is a process, and it's got a whole bunch of little processes in it. And I'm telling you something. You can't be nothing until you've been through something. The only way, I'm using all the cliches I can think of, bro. The only way they get gold is through heat. The only way they purify it is by fire. And I'm going to tell you what, a little bit of fire can make you go a long way. There are freedoms you don't even know that you don't have sometimes. You'll go through some trials and discover a new way of thinking, a new way of believing, a new way of acting. And you can be thankful that though God didn't cause it, he made good out of it. He made good out of it. So now, the way that I think changes. I learned my lessons and we'll have more than one avenue of income. I'm not going to give control to any one person to where the change of their mind changes my life, rocks my world. All right? I'd rather live on less and uh, live more and, and make less. Um, keep, remember how a promise works. And uh, don't rehearse what got you there. Rehearsing just leads to cursing. All right? You remember that? All right? Rehearsing just leads to cursing. Okay? Um, uh, learn, don't burn with anger. All right? There right, you go. All right? Um, look for the opportunities that God's, God's going to provide. Uh, I like this always. It says, uh, don't get bitter, get better. And um, quit finding fault. You find answers. Don't let your opportunities pass you by. Your now is not forever. Amen? All right. Well, I want to speak this word over you. Wherever you are in these situations, whatever circumstances you might... How many of y'all are going through some of this stuff right now? Wave up. Stand up if you're going through it right now. Just stand up. It don't make no difference. Everybody be all right. Stand up if you're going through it right now. You're going through it right now. Pastor Stephen, I'm staying on track as best I can. Just, just one second. You're going through it right now. Now, in your mind, you've rehearsed it. You've seen, you've seen decisions you've made, good or bad, that got you where you are right now. You might see other people and find fault with other folks, whatever. In your mind right now, and in your heart, before God, you take responsibility for what the decisions you're going to make and look for the Holy Spirit to give you the way out. To give you the way out and take those steps. He's going to give you the plan and you walk with Him in it. 
Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit ChristianLifeChurch.com.